This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Talking about um, your, your thoughts, your inward life. <coughs> uh, a friend of mine said one time, he said, you, you don't live in your house, you, you live inside. This is where you live, on the inside. And um, I'm actually going to go into that on, on, on Sunday in a little bit more detail. But our minds, we talked about, are the control center. And I want to read a, a passage of scripture again. Uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, or that means fleshly, natural, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That's a, that's a new thought. And I realize it's a new thought for many people because... Oftentimes in Christianity, we don't hear much about actually dealing with our thoughts and, 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 and actually not just dealing with our thoughts, but challenging the thoughts that come to us and being willing to go, no, that's, that's, that's not right. And often we find it is, it's the thoughts that come to us that we really have to, we have to begin to screen out. And the Bible talks about taking thoughts captive. And it's, it really is a very disciplined way of, of not just becoming disciplined physically, it's becoming disciplined mentally. If, if you are in athletics, they, they'll preach this to you all the time in athletics. You'll, you'll know about, about the, the mentality. You know, the, the world just got shocked on, on Sunday with, uh, with Kobe Bryant passing. One of the things people talked a lot about Kobe Bryant was he had, a, he had a very focused mentality. When he was on the court, he, he really had a, a, a strong competitive drive, a killer instinct. And everything you want to see in a, in, a, in a competitor, probably not the same qualities you want to see in a pastor, but the same qualities you want to see in a competitor, a uh, big competitor. And uh, people had a lot of respect for him for that reason. But as Christians... I don't know if, if we've taught the idea that really we need to become more disciplined in our minds. And because this is often where the warfare is. And, and this is where the trouble is. And so, and, and, and this is the trouble spots. And this is where the enemy often, he, he, this is where the attacks come. And so he, he talked about not letting, we talked about that taking captive is, is a military term. You're like halt who goes there. And you're beginning to take those thoughts and to challenge the thoughts that come. Now, please understand, this is, this is a process. And it, it's, it's something you say, well, am I ever going to get to the place where I never have to take my thoughts captive? No. No, not, not here. Not on this earth. We live in a fallen world. We live where, where we still have to deal with Satan and, and demonic forces. They're there. And, and so we have to recognize that they're there. And, and, and yet we also, not, not be afraid of them, we also need to recognize that there's influences in the world that are negative. And, and we can't just accept them. We have to resist them. And so you have to know what to, what, what to resist. I've, I've used this before. Crazy ones we, we know to resist. Driving over a bridge and the thought, drive off the bridge. Well, you know that's, that's a crazy thought. That's not a good thought. Unfortunately, some people have acted on that thought. Most people are like, no, I'm not driving off the bridge. That's crazy. 
So we, we, we capture thoughts like that. It's, it's the subtle ones that we have to watch the most. Peter indicated we must tighten up. He talked about tightening up in our thoughts. This is 1 Peter 1, 13. It says, therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So it conveys the idea of a runner, tightening up thoughts. So if we, if we begin to understand this, then it begins to help us when, when the tendency is for your thoughts to be tormenting. I, I think, I don't know, probably think there's anyone here that has never had any thoughts that are tormenting. And just thoughts that maybe you were worrying about a loved one. Maybe you were tormented over a problem that you were dealing with. And, and you ever had those thoughts that just, it's almost like they bombard you. Almost like one, one person likened it to bees. If you ever get in a group of bees and bees are just buzzing, it just seems like they're just all around your head and you're swatting it and they keep coming. Anybody understand what I'm talking about? And, and so th those are tormenting thoughts. I, I, I was telling Joy, I said, I was telling you, he said, you know, you start teaching on the armor of God and, and just, you know, be ready. And I woke up the other night, and it was this month, and I woke up the other night and I was thinking about a situation, and it felt like it just kept looping. I couldn't resolve it. And I'm, I, this was, I'm thinking it is time for me to be sleeping, not thinking about this situation. But it just seemed to keep going over and over and over and over. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So the idea is, how do you deal with that? Because a lot of people think, well, I can't help it. And if you think you can't help it, then you're a victim. And, and the good news is, we're not victims. Now, I'll give you scripture for that in just a moment. But, but think about it just for a second. The Lord didn't leave us down here. He, he defeated Satan. He went back to heaven. He didn't leave us down here that we would be tormented. That's not his plan. And so, but when tormenting thoughts come, people go, I can't help, I can't help it, I can't help it. I just, these thoughts, I have these thoughts, I have these thoughts. And so if you've never heard that you can do something about it, this might be new to you. Don't throw it away. It's valuable to know I can do something about my thoughts. So here, let, let's go back to me. It's early, it's way before my alarm, and I'm thinking I could use my beauty sleep. And, and, this, and this, this thing is looping, it's looping, it's looping. And I recognize, uh, I know this isn't from God. This is the enemy. This is like an attack. So well, what do you do? Well, you, it's not like you can see the devil with a pitchfork and you go, ah, and he goes, ah. that's not going to work. What you, what I, so what I did was what I've been talking to you about all month, 23rd Psalm. So I just laid there in bed quietly and began to speak out loud, just quietly to myself. Didn't wake Joy up. Of course, nothing could wake Joy up. <laughs> the girl slept through Ike, okay? The whole thing. She woke up the next morning like, what happened? I'm like, i tell you what happened. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm lying there in bed, and, and I just I, I begin to, to speak out loud. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. 
And, and I just, I began to go through that. So what, what you do after you did it the first time? Did it again. And again. <coughs> and again. And again. And again. They were, isn't that a little extreme? No, I'll tell you what's extreme. Being tormented by thoughts that keep coming again and again and again. And if the enemy can have you looping, why don't we loop God's thoughts? And that's a good loop. And as I was as I was just going through that again, I, I, I just I landed on, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And all of a sudden that you are with me just came alive in me. I'm like, you are with me. See, here's the thing. We, we, we've, we've downplayed the importance of God's word. So here I was having tormenting thoughts. Now I take these thoughts, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just brings a revelation. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And I thought about that. What's in the table? Freedom, peace, wisdom, strength. It doesn't mean all my enemies go away. It means I'm going to sit down and eat regardless of what they think. You, does, do you see what I'm saying? Does this make sense? Now, again, this may be different, but I, I think we've not realized is God's word can work as a weapon that when bad things and bad thoughts begin to come, we're, we're not just sitting back going, oh my gosh, I feel so bad and I think these thoughts and I just can't stop it and I can't help it. And I, and I, or we can go, no. I'm not going to think that. But I've got to replace it with something else. You can't just go, I'm not going to think that, 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 I'm not going to think that. I'm thinking that, I'm thinking that, I'm going to, yeah. That's not going to work. You've got to replace the thought. This is why a lot of times I'll encourage people, if you are by yourself, not in your cubicle at work, but if you're by yourself, you can speak it out loud. And as you speak out loud, your mind stops to hear what your mouth is saying. And so you speak God's word. You say, well, I already quoted it four times. It's okay. It isn't going to hurt you. You know, God's word does not come with like a don't take in excess. <laughs> no warning label on it. You, you, you take that and it helps. Does that make sense to you? Does that... And, and you say, well, I don't, I, I don't want to do the, the, the 23rd Psalm. Fine. Find one you like. I like, the, I like Psalms uh, 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. You say, why do you go over that? Because there are times sometimes when, when thoughts begin to come and they'll just wear you down. So I'm going to replace them with something else. What's that doing? That's taking captive a thought. That's girding up, tucking in, any loose ends in my mind. It's a more disciplined way. And, 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 it, and here's the beautiful thing about it. Anybody can do this. Anyone, anyone can do this. It's, it's a process. And, and even if you start off, you know, rotely. The Lord's my shepherd, son, I want. Makes me that angry. It's okay. Just, just keep at it. Because again, as you're replacing thoughts, any, any of God's thoughts are going to be better than any tormenting thoughts and fearful thoughts and anxiety thoughts and worry thoughts and negative thoughts, and those are good things. The, the idea, guys, is we have to arrive at a place of peace. And so you say, well, what happened? Well, I dozed on back off to sleep. 
So you say, well, Alan, you're a pastor. Shouldn't you be past that? <laughs> no. I'm, I'm a human. And this is not heaven. And so as long as we're here, all of us have to deal with it. Please don't let the enemy ever tell you, well, he can do that because he's a pastor. You've heard me say this before. The pastoral gifting operates for help me oversee a church. Pastoral gifting helps me minister and preach to you. But when I say amen and I walk out into the parking lot, I have to live it just like you do. And I don't have any built-in advantages. I hope that's not disappointing. <laughs> it should be encouraging because it means all of us are in the process of going somewhere. And so the idea is we can get better at it and learn to capture those thoughts and take them captive better. He goes on to say this. Dealing with strongholds, Ephesians 6. Let's, let's keep going or we could, we could stay there for a while. Ephesians 6, 13 and 14. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth and having put on the, bless, the, the breastplate of, of righteousness. That's not the world's easiest thing to say. All right, breastplate of righteousness. So let's talk about this. Having done all to stand, that we may be able to stand, which means I have the ability to stand which means the thought you have to get rid of is I can't help it. If you, if you buy off on I can't help it, then you've set yourself up for failure. And so you may have a harder time with it, and it may be a little difficult, especially if your thoughts have gone in a certain direction for a while. All of us, guys, all of us have, have areas, maybe it bothers you, it doesn't bother me. I mean, it bothers me, it doesn't bother you. That's why we don't judge. That's why we don't look at anybody and go, why would that bother you? And then they tell you what bothers them, and you're kind of like, really? Seriously? You need to get over it. No, no. All of us. That's why we don't judge. It's above. But all of us have areas of what I call thought habits. You know how you have habits that if you ever catch yourself, you know you put your socks and shoes on the same way? You button your, you button your shirt pretty much the same way. You brush your teeth the same way. You just kind of have a habit. You know you, you know you have a habit when if you ever hurt your, if you're right, I'm right-handed, you ever hurt your right hand and you have to do everything left-handed. Is that ever weird? <laughs> Stabbing yourself in the eye when you're trying to do that. You, it's, you, 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 you got a habit. You just, you do it without thinking. You, you, most of us don't want to button our shirt going, this button, this button, <laughs> this. We just do it. It's a habit. I believe our, our thought patterns have habits. And so we get in a groove with our thoughts and they, and they send you down a direction. Those of you who have dealt with depression, sometimes you know some of the triggers that push you into depression. You're doing good. And then this particular thing happens and you know where your mind begins to go. And so the idea is that you begin to catch it ahead of time. I, we used to have a picture of it. I don't, I don't have it anymore. But anybody remember these games? This is an old school game. There was a game they used to have where it had a, a, a board, and the board had um, a wheel, a flat board, and it had holes all in the board, and, and these little wood pieces. And the idea was you had to tilt it 
to get the marble to go, and you had to avoid the little holes. They're dropping. Anybody know what I'm talking about? For those of you who don't, Google it. I'm not making this up. There's, there's actually this little board. And, and I think the challenge is all of us have thought patterns where you don't want that little ball to drop down that hole, but here, here comes someone says something about your children. And your thoughts just go right there. And you're like, I'm, I'm not going to do that. And how many of you know you can play out a whole scenario in your head? And I'll tell you what, some of the next time I see them, I'm going to tell them, I don't think their kids are that sharp anyway. And you're just, you're, someone could walk at you and go, what are you, what are you doing? You're like, oh, nothing. But you've already gone there in your head. You're, you're there. Right? I mean, oh, you can, come on, guys. You, you know that what, what we're thinking about oftentimes is visible. Anybody ever walk, somebody walk in the office and you go, what's your problem? They go, nothing. Oh, no. <laughs> it's not nothing. It's written all over your face. Why? Because we're dealing with that inward stuff. And it, it's an inward battle. And so... The idea that I can't control it, I can't do anything about it, is a, is a debilitating thought. It says put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand. So that tells me I can stand. He didn't say, now for those of you that can't, we're praying extra mercy for you. He said put on the full armor of God that you can stand. So the first one is the belt of truth. Paul, Paul probably likened this after the Roman, the first century Roman um, armor. And the belt of truth is not the glamorous part, but it was a very vital part because it was actually a belt, a thick leather belt that would go around, but it held everything in place. It was almost girdle-like. And it had hooks on it that you could rest the breastplate on. It had a sheath for your sword. Some think it had leggings that hung off of it. It's, it, it was vital, the belt, the belt of, of truth. And I think it's interesting that Paul starts with truth. So let's talk a little bit about that. Truth, when we talk about truth, truth is not relative. Jesus said very simply in John 17, 17, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So what we believe and what we begin to get a hold of is the idea that God's word is truth. Boy, in a day where there's so, much, there's so much fake stuff out there. Aren't you glad we have something that's true and that hasn't changed? God's word is truth. Um, God's truth will produce freedom in your life. John 8, 31, 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, if you abide, that means continue, in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you and you shall know the truth if you continue. You gotta put those two together. If you continue in my word, Jesus said, then you're my disciples indeed. And you'll know the truth. And the truth will make you free. Not if you hear it just once. You have to continue there. And you begin to understand truth. And truth can make you free. But free from what? I don't know. What's got you bound? If there's truth that can free you, there's lies that can bind you. When I first came back to Texas, um, 1990, 
many moons ago. Um, back in Texas, when I, when I came and I was working for administrative, you've heard me tell this story, some of you. Um, I, I was working for administrative, I was in sales, it was commission sales. And as I went out to make my first sale, I trained for a few weeks. I'm not making any money training, so I gotta get out and start selling. So I went with another sales rep, sat down in the guy's office, and as soon as I sat down, I had an anxiety attack. Had a lot of pressure, Joy and I didn't have much money. I knew I was on, I knew I had to make money in sales. Joy, what, Joy wasn't working, so the kids were small. But we had just like bought a house. We, and it was some serious pressure. And I was feeling it. And man, I sat down and, and all of a sudden I had an anxiety attack and I broke out in, in sweats. And I'm pouring sweat. I don't think just a little sweat. I'm talking about a T.D. Jake sweat. <laughs> Anybody know who I'm talking about, T.D. Jake? Brother can sweat through a suit. And I'm just, I got sweat just pouring down my face. And that, that's not good in a sales situation. Because if, if your sales rep is sweating profusely, you think he's lying to you. Or why are you nervous? And so I, 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 I thought, oh, okay. I went and splashed some cold water on my face and sat back in there, but I was rattled. And on the way home, of course, here come those thoughts. And I remember driving past a, a, a government housing area. And I just, if I heard the enemy, could just go, you're going to be in there. Now, if you're living in government housing, please don't take that as a, uh, it's not a criticism. But I do believe God's got something better. And where we were living in, in, a, in a nice neighborhood to go to government housing would have been a huge move down. And so you understand that's a tormenting thought. That's not a thought from the Lord. Now, here, here's the first thing, guys, you got to figure out. Where's that thought coming from? If you're thinking, that's God, that ain't God. He doesn't speak to feet. He doesn't work that way. So I'm, so, so I'm thinking, okay, all right, maybe it's just a one-time thing. I go into my next sales call. This time I'm by myself. Nobody in there with me. Same thing. Sweats. Pouring sweats. Now, this is going to be a problem. Third thing. Fourth thing. So now all of a sudden I got this pad. I'm starting to get afraid that I'm going to lose my job. And I don't have any other sources of income at that time. We were already running tight. And low margins. And I'm, I'm this, this anxiety. And I'm like, Lord, 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 you got to help me with this. And I was sitting in a lobby. And I could feel it coming on me. Any of you ever had an anxiety attack? Boy, I, 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 my heart goes out to you because I hate them. They are straight out of the pit of hell. I, I never had an anxiety attack. Went, wow, that was so stinking refreshing. Let's do that again. That was, it was, it was, it was horrible. And I'm sitting in, I was sitting in a, in a, in a lobby and you, you could start to feel it come on. And, and this verse just kind of came up in my heart. You see, when we talk about warfare and dealing with thoughts, we can't underestimate the fact that the Holy Spirit is there to help us. And this thought came, and I, it, it's, it's John 8.36. It says, therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And sitting there in the lobby, that revelation just took my spirit. The Son made me free. I'm free indeed. And that's it. No more anxiety. Now I got something. Now I got something to fight with. Now I got truth. Truth is, I'm not just a nervous, anxious person. Truth is, I was an enemy attacked, intended to take me out. And the truth is, the 
The Son has made me free, and I am free indeed. And that's the last one I ever had. Now, let, let me tell you something that, that happened recently. I'm sitting there in the place, and I start to sense that same feeling starting to come on me again. I said, what would you do? Well, I didn't get nervous. This time I laughed. I went, <laughs> I ain't having that. Not having that. I don't have to take every feeling, every thought, everything that comes my way. I'm not having that. I'm, we're not doing it. See, Alan, that worked for you because you're a preacher? No, that worked for me because I'm a child of God. I'm a believer just like you are. It gives us the ability to say no. And so, it, 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 and it, was, it was within the last six months. And the enemy goes, oh, you, you're going to have anxiety attacks again. I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm not. Would you actually laugh at the enemy? Yes, that would be good. Don't be scared, laugh. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha. Because that's a, that's, a, that's a king of the hill mentality, not I'm a victim mentality. Do you see where I could have, that thought would go, oh no, I'm gonna go through that again? I could have had that thought. I'm like, no, that's what I'm talking about, about taking thoughts captive, right there, no, not doing it. Now I didn't do it out, I was, I was in a whole group of people. I didn't do it out loud. That's weird. <laughs> I just did it quietly inside. People wonder, probably wonder, why is Alan just grinning? <laughs> Alan's fighting. Alan, Alan's resisting. I'm resisting and a grinning, same time. Bow your heads. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we're grateful tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your hope that we have in you. Thank you, Father, that there's not anyone under my voice tonight who's a victim of the enemy. That anyone who belongs to you, whom the Son has made free, is free indeed. Lord, we're grateful for that. We thank you for that. Anyone who's dealing, Father, with anxiety, anyone who's dealing with the attacks, thank you for a ray of light and hope in their lives that does not have to be their destiny. It does not have to be a part of their future. It only has to be a part of their past. Thank you for your goodness and your grace. Father, for those who deal with depression, thank you, Lord, that there is hope here. There's light here. There's the ability to resist and push away and to win in Christ. We thank you for that. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you came this evening and said, Alan, I don't have relationship I've never made Jesus the Lord of my life or I'm not sure I have or you're here tonight and you said you know I did that but I've gotten so far away from God I don't want to stay there I want to I want to have a relationship with him we're going to say a very simple prayer I'm not going to ask you to stand up or come to the front but if that's you and you would like our prayers would you just slip your hand up real quick across this auditorium thanks thank you thank you anybody else thank you for your courage great you put your hands down we're going to pray if you didn't lift your hand and wanted to, you could still pray this prayer. We're going to pray it out loud together as a church family. Say, Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord 
as my Savior, the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.